Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And today on the show, we're giving a little preview about tomorrow night's webinar. We're questioning which areas of New Zealand are going to be most at risk of an Airbnb onslaught. Now, obviously, there's a lot of media going out at the moment about what happens if Airbnbs are all converted into residential tenancies and so into the residential tenancy market. And people are quite worried about this. Now, what's the theory behind it? If we have an increase in supply of rentals on the rental market, then we're going to see massive decreases in price, potentially. Now, of course, that's different for each region in New Zealand, because in some regions you've got lots of Airbnbs, and in others you don't have a lot of Airbnbs for the number of renters. Now, this is something we're actually going to go through in a lot of detail, and tomorrow, actually, by the time we release this, it's going to be tonight's webinar at 7pm, so Tuesday the 14th of April at 7pm. I'm going to drop a link to register uh, in the show notes or you can just go to opuspartners.co.nz but we're going to give you some of the highlights uh, before before it actually comes out so that we, you can determine for yourself whether you want to come along or not. Now one of the most interesting things that I think everybody has to remember is that although there is somewhere between 45,000 and 52,000 Airbnbs in New Zealand there are only about 31,000 whole home Airbnbs and what we mean by that is that's those are properties where you can rent the whole place. Now, obviously, those can be converted into residential tenancies, but private rooms, which there are about thirteen to 20,000 of in New Zealand, those can't necessarily be converted straight into, into residential tenancies. In fact, they couldn't at all because that's not how it works. You know, when you go and rent somewhere, you, you rent the whole house. Now, how does that compare to, to all of New Zealand? Well, in all of New Zealand, there's about 1.8 million total dwellings. So so those are kind of individual houses, or there's a technical definition to it, but we can just use that. About 1.8 million dwellings in New Zealand. So if you're looking at those whole house, whole homes that are currently on Airbnb, about 31,000, and you say, well, how, how much is that compared to the number of dwellings in New Zealand? Well, it's about 1.7%. So it's a very small proportion, but of course, it's different for all of the different regions, which is what we're going to get into. Andrew, before we do that, what's the, what's some of the main takeouts for you from this data in terms of the, the regions that are going to be most impacted or most at risk of an onslaught from Airbnb? Sure. So, so Ed and I were discussing just before the show just around the different areas which, uh, which are going to be, in our opinion, most affected. And um, obviously... What, what's come out of the data, which is exactly what we expected, is that your main centres, generally speaking, are going to be more protected. They're going to see less of an impact. And so when I say main centres, I'm talking about Christchurch, Wellington and Auckland. So um, the, the number of people per whole house um, in those regions, um, Christchurch is 187, Wellington is 256, and Auckland is 320. So what that means is there's a lot of people available if that were, if that were to go back onto to the um, rental market. Now, not all of those people will be renters, but it's just interesting stats. When you look at that compared to Queenstown, for example, which is 13, or you look at the McKenzie district, which is 9. So that's, those are, again, those are the areas where um, there are fewer people um, per whole house, and so it would be 
it would be fair to expect that um, that would have more of a drastic effect. And that, that's so interesting. You know, 320 people in Auckland per whole Airbnb house, if that was to be converted. So if all of the, every single Airbnb, whole house Airbnb in Auckland region was converted into uh, a residential property, you've got 320 people uh, competing for each house. Whereas McKenzie, you've only got nine people competing for each house. And of course, some of those people uh, already have homes uh, that they either own or are renting themselves. So you can just imagine and already see quite clearly the difference that it's going to potentially have between McKenzie and Auckland. Now, one thing that we can't necessarily put into the data but would have a major impact is Uh, the idea of holiday homes. So there are probably a lot of people who own holiday homes in the McKenzie district, which is kind of Twizel and some nice um, areas around the Alps, that are probably holiday homes that they will put on Airbnb for the times where that they're not using it, but they wouldn't necessarily convert it into a residential tenancy if the, the Airbnb bookings dropped off. And so although we can look at this and same with, you know, talk about Queenstown that there are a lot of Airbnbs there, are they all going to convert into residential tenancies? Well, not necessarily if there is a high proportion of holiday homes there. Of course, investors would do that. Investors who have bought in order to convert them into Airbnbs, sure, they would do that straight away. But the, we what we can't factor in is the holiday home factor. But Nonetheless, we still know that Queenstown and Mackenzie are probably going to be much more impacted or at least they're much more at risk than some of those main centres, which is very, very interesting. Now, the other thing that I just want to talk about in relation to this is the the specific other districts which are less at risk, because what's quite interesting, and it's exactly what you'd kind of think again, is the areas that tend to be... uh, get more tourism, tourism hotspots have far more Airbnbs than some of the other regions. So although the main centres, Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, are relatively protected, so are places like Taranaki, the Manawatu, and and uh, part of parts of northern Canterbury and, and even Southland. Those areas tend to get less tourism compared to the West Coast or up around Nelson and Blenheim or even, even up in the Bay of Islands and Northland. Those areas tend to have more Airbnbs and so are much more likely to be more affected than some of those other ones. And of course, the other thing which we can't uh, necessarily quantify or I haven't been able to quantify yet, although I'm still going to try before we get to the webinar, is to find data about, well, who actually accesses these Airbnbs? So I would expect that Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, a higher proportion of the people who take up and and use Airbnbs there are travelling for business as opposed to leisure. So in Queenstown, for instance, you because there's there's much less business going on there, you would expect a much higher proportion, more of the people who use Airbnbs to be going there from tour, for tourism, and therefore international tourists is what we're really talking about, who are most likely to drop off over the next year or couple of years. Well, if a higher proportion of the people in Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, the main centres are going there for business, that may not necessarily drop off 
because of because of the COVID nineteen epidemic, right? Because that could be people like myself and and Andrew actually who travel frequently between Auckland and Christchurch. Um, although we don't necessarily stay in Airbnbs ourselves, um, you can expect that some people would be in there. So there will still will be some pent up Airbnb demand there. So you may not see as many Airbnbs being converted into residential tenancies, which is another point which, although I don't have the data to quantify it, you can see that, hey, that probably makes sense as well. Now, Andrew, uh, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? Yeah, I just wanted uh, to uh, just point out another couple of things and conversations that I've had with some people who uh, we deal with who deal with Airbnbs. Um, so John Laurie, who was actually on our show, I spoke to him the other day and um, he's still pretty positive about his business coming out of this. Um, however, there's just going to be some changes. So some of his clients, he's actually encouraged to go and get a normal tenancy temporary release and maybe do a six-month lease on their property. And so there might be six months of uh, that particular property being off his books, but then it's likely to return back to an Airbnb because those people have bought those properties with the expectation of a higher yield. Plus one part that I just jotted down before is um, a lot of these properties are fully furnished. So fully furnished are another part of the rental market which isn't potentially normal. So, so having a property full of furniture compared to an empty property. So if I were looking for a property to rent, I would want something to be completely empty so that I could put my own furniture in there. Uh, whereas a lot of the Airbnbs are fully furnished um, right down to the teaspoons. So um, I don't imagine a lot of people are going to put all of that furniture into storage. Um, and again, if they do, it might just be a six-month, 12-month window. Um, and so, so maybe that's something to, be cons- to consider. But I guess part of this is going to depend on when we open up the borders again. And I think that that might be the longer-term um, uh, deciding factor. It, I spoke to a nurse this morning who was saying that she believed that they wouldn't open the borders until a vaccine was available. Um, but also I read that, that a vaccine is becoming more likely at a faster rate. So uh, once that occurs and borders do open, then again, you can expect some of these Airbnb uh, investors are going to want to see a good return on their investment again. Fantastic. Well, let's wrap it up there. Of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to come along to this webinar, which is happening tonight, 7pm, we have got so much more data that we are going to dig into and share with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Either tap or swipe over that cover art and click on that link. It'll take you straight to the uh, to where you can register. Or just head along to opuspartners.co.nz, register there. And hey, even if you can't make it, why not sign up anyway and then we'll send you the recording as soon as it finishes. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.